Daniels, he's going to keep. He's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Left hand layup good. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Welcome back to the Jayhawker Podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon, Southsider, retired Jersey Wayne Simeon. Uh, We are going to be joined by our athletic director, Travis Goff, to talk about the energy within Kansas athletics and more specifically the Gateway Project that was just announced a few weeks ago to big-time fanfare, and we are finally making the move and, and and doing what is needed at David Booth Memorial Stadium. So let's welcome our boss and our leader of athletics, Travis Goff. Hey guys, good to see you. Appreciate being on with you. Yeah, I'm fun. It's been a it's been a, a hectic, fun couple of weeks. I mean, uh the Gateway project on August 15th was announced to big time fanfare. So Talk about everything that went into that, uh, how it was, how it went over. The, the 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 crowd at the Welcome Center at the KU Alumni Association was great. The media coverage, but uh, it's got to be an exciting time for you and and a hectic time. If we're not and if we're not having fun, we all ought to be doing something else, right? These are the the moments you could you know only sometimes dream about is getting to something um, to launch of this magnitude, something that will have the kind of impact broad-based it's going to have without hesitation for our athletic program, certainly for football, but far beyond football, um, university, Lawrence, the community, it's all, it's all real. And that's what that um, day uh, demonstrated last Tuesday, which was this is not talk, this is not hope, this is not some ambition or a vision necessarily. This, this is well beyond that. This is going to take place and it's going to take place and begin in a matter of months. And I, I know for me, there's been a few moments where, you know, I'll look back on the video with Kevin Harlan, the, the great Jayhawk um, and his incredible voice behind it and, or the work, the team done, the renderings. And I look at it and I, I have to like kind of pinch myself to say, Hey, we're going to create that. That's going to happen right here at KU. And that's felt good every time to, have that realization. Well, the most rewarding part of my job and Wayne's job is when exactly what you just said, being part of something that is going to be built and be there for future generations of Jayhawk fans makes all of us get more excited about the project. Cause you know, we can tell our kids and our grandkids and Travis can do the same that, Hey, you know, when, when Travis was hired, you, you knew what you had. We had, we had a problem with football and you had to hire a new coach. You had to, you know, get this stadium project off the ground. And two years later, you've done exactly that. And, and, and it's not so much just what you announced on August 15th. It's what's already happened. So can you talk a little bit about the project is going to be massive come December 2023. But there was a lot of work done this summer already within the Anderson Family Complex. Yeah, no, Gray, that's a great point. It isn't uh, just a day or a week or a, a short time frame that demonstrates the progression for KU and for, and for football, namely in this case. I mean, you could literally go back to, to two plus years ago, and I think back on this a little bit too, 
Lance and the staff, when we made that decision and commitment, came to Lawrence and we had an entire athletic department ready, willing to embrace them and get them embedded in KU and the family and the community, so to speak. And, and so I'm, I'm grateful from the jump that they arrived in our athletic department, broadly speaking, stepped up to help them get onboarded and to help resource and support them because that's a part of the story. Certainly Lance and his staff deserve lion's share of the credit and the young men in the program, but our, our entire department helped make this thing a reality. And um, you know, then you take another step, you go, okay, we go two and 10, there's energy, there's some great signs of, of, of progression under Lance. And then we have this exciting stretch last fall, uh, really the entirety of the fall, quite honestly, but certainly five and zero on ESPN game day and, you know, suitors, so to speak from all over the country saying, Hey, that staff and, and that head coach in Lawrence, uh, we ought to be paying attention to. Well, one of the things I'm really grateful for is our university didn't sit idle. We didn't cross our fingers and, you know, hope that we had continuity, that we didn't sit back and, you know, we thought that Lance and company wanted to be here. No, we, we took action and we locked them down with a commitment that I think has been pretty well unrivaled at KU in terms of football. And that's a big part of the story is like, you don't get to launch last week without continuity and continued building around the program and with a fan base who said, Hey, I, I'm going to be part of this. I I'm on board with what's going on. And then you reference locker room and weight room. We all collectively made a commitment. And again, Lance at the helm saying, let's show this group something right away. We're not here without the young men that stood by KU and who built this, this, you know, again, this position that we're at today. And so getting that late, locker room and weight room unveiled to them a few weeks ago is, was absolutely a highlight. And the message from that group prevailing was gratitude, excitement and gratitude. They're so appreciative. They know we're all scratching and clawing to make this program what we all know it can be. It's so well said. And just thinking about to the, the event, I'm not going to call it an announcement. It was an event, uh, an unveiling uh, that took place uh, there last week. And, and to think about, uh, surveying the crowd and seeing the dignitaries that were there, you, the chancellor, the governor. We had Kansas legends, Chris Harris, Akeem Tlaib, uh, Daryl Stuckey. We had some of our most uh, faithful Jayhawk supporters. We had all of our staff there. Uh, when most athletic departments would settle with a press release or maybe some visual rendering shown on social media accounts, you felt the need to host a formal event, and it was a hit. What kind of went behind your thoughts in wanting to, to pull that off? Well, I think, yeah, no, thank, thanks for, for acknowledging that, Wayne, because I think it's, again, it's a reflection of the kind of staff and people we have in our athletics program and at KU uh, who weren't going to settle for just some, you know, typical announcement around this thing. But it's, to me, it, it, it speaks to a few things. Number one, our place and our fans have waited so long and have gone through a lot to get to that moment to say, this is what the future is going to be around Kansas football and for the university with the gateway. They, they earned and deserved everything we could do to really elevate that moment. I think the second piece is we, we really had to have discipline. We had renderings months ago. They probably weren't precise. They probably weren't completely refined, we could have rushed some stuff out a few months ago just to appease 
the narrative just to get, you know, just to give some something out there to people to consume. And we said, you know what, let's wait and let's do it right. And let's make sure we can tell you exactly what this thing's going to consist of, when it's going to happen, what it's going to look and feel like. And, and of course, do it on the cusp of, of really demo and breaking ground. And that's, that's why we landed on, Hey, it's got to happen before the season. Um, let's get it in a window that people are going to be paying a little bit of attention with some, you know, energy around football ramping up. And it was, it was, uh, worthy of every, you know, detail we could throw at it. Um, both the, the social uh, media aspects, the, the creative, the videos, the renderings, the imagery, having the right people present, which, you know, wasn't hard to get people here. They were so excited to come and be part of it. And it just played out brilliantly. And I commend so much the staff for, for making that happen. Well, you use the word discipline. Uh, you know, back in October, we had College Game Day here, and you announced the plan. And over the next six, eight months, it was probably difficult not to release anything because everybody was asking the social media world, like, where are these drawings? And and I love the fact that we waited because I think it kind of created anticipation and energy. So, like, when are they going to do it? When are they going to do it? I think people were talking about it. For almost the last year, and then when you had the event, everyone's like, "All right, here we go." I'm glad we waited. This is awesome. The, the renderings were fantastic. We partnered with great architectural firms, great construction company. I mean, everything lined up. And again, that took a lot of discipline, I'm sure, by you because you were probably chomping at the bit to get this out there as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we all were, but you know, more than anything, I, I was chomping at the bit to put a stake in the ground to say, this is real. I wanted to make sure that was the prevailing message. There's going to be a variety of opinions about design and magnitude and budget and how much momentum and fundraising and so on and so forth. But to me, the most important takeaway was this is real and this is happening. When we, when we put that out last October, obviously it, it, it kind of aligned and kind of by happenstance, you know, we're five and oh, we're, you know, it's the story of college football early ESPN game days coming to the Hill. Well, why did we put something out in October last year? It was to help hold ourselves accountable to making sure we fulfilled the commitment to launch this project in 2023. And that's what we said. We're going to launch it in 23. We're going to tell you everything you can possibly know, and it's going to be real. And why did August 15 become kind of this almost in my estimation, kind of a war chant in the department. We talked about this date, August 15, August 15, August 15. It gave us a tangible benchmark to, again, hold ourselves accountable. Because if we don't hold ourselves accountable, then how can we ask fans, supporters, coaches, et cetera? And that's what the institution stepped into. The chancellor said, yeah, let's lock a date. Let's, let's lock a date down and let's hit that mark. Project team, architects, construction managers, you know, on and on and on locked that date date down and said there will be no turning back on August 15 because that's what's going to get executed. All right. Well, Wayne and I know what's expected of us and our entire Williams Fund, Kansas Athletic Development staff, your staff. We know what is expected. I want you to talk about what has what's the buy-in for our donor base, our supporters. What What can they do through, you know, obviously giving money, but tickets, suites, talk about the whole process and talk about how real this is. Like we know that football is the economic driver to college athletics. We've 
you know, we mentioned it at the Jayhawk Appreciation Day the other night. You know, in the bad times is when you really find out who your real people are because they supported us in the bad times. But now, as we're embarking on this big-time project, they need to support us as well. But uh, uh, we've, we've been through a lot of peaks and valleys, and, and right now we're at a point where our people are going to have to step up in a big way. Well, all three of us are alums, guys, and, you know, not all three of us, or excuse me, all three of us haven't always worked at KU with the responsibility to do the things we're doing now. So we, we can appreciate what our fans and alumni have been through. The reality is we've made it easy for people to not, to not be on board in a variety of factors, in a variety of ways, and football has, in some regards, the, the lack of success around football, in some regards, has, you know, at the risk of, of being a little overdramatic, it's frankly uh, not developed a, a multiples of generations of Jayhawk fans and supporters, right? So you got to go back to the 08s and the 09s for people to really remember what it feels like to have energy around football, something that our country just says is incredibly important. It's an emotional engine in sport. It's a campus-wide, alumni-wide engagement tool that really in in most places is is unrivaled and we've left all that on the table so i don't criticize the fact that we're scratching clawing and working so hard to get full uh, a full house this fall with missouri state this weekend with illinois next friday i'm not critical of it because i understand why but the reality is those days are no more you know i love this this picture, right? And I know you guys can appreciate this. The windshield in front of us is a heck of a lot bigger than that rear view mirror. And we're not spending our time looking in that rear view mirror uh, and focusing on the failings of the past. We're looking out of the windscreen and we're recognizing, my goodness gracious, the, the sky is blue. And we've got an, a moment in time that we'll never have again at KU. And so thereby, we're not going to apologize by challenging our people to step up at this point in time, at this moment, because it is very real. And we got a chance to transform KU. We got a chance to transform Kansas athletics in every program in our department. Um, and the question is, what are we going to do with it? And I, I really feel strongly that the institution, the chancellor, the leadership, our athletics department is stepping into that, embracing it in an unprecedented way. Therefore, we need our people to step up. And that could be just be present, just, just be there, be in attendance. That could be change the narrative, make sure the people you're communicating with in your circles understand this is not the old KU and Kansas football. It certainly, we, we know needs to be increased donations, increased philanthropic support, whether that be through Ad Astra Society, whether that be through gifts to the capital projects that we're focused on right now. Um, and it is as well. It's an NIL, too, because facilities are critical. And this gets us over the hump in so many ways in that regard. But we have to keep the momentum for name, image and likeness support for our student athletes at the forefront. So the, the reality is every Jayhawk, I think, has a chance. Look in the mirror. Ask yourself, am I doing everything I can do? And let's all be in that in that bunker together. Yeah, you've echoed that phrase several times. and I think it's great that, that this is real. And as you expand that a little bit. And what you just said, you could almost say that there's also real work that needs to be taking place, uh, not just from the people 
uh, inside the department, not just for Lance and his team and his staff as they're going to go out and put an incredible product on the field, uh, but for anyone that would uh, put the crimson and blue on that would wear uh, the Jayhawk on their chest. And so it, it seems to be like most things when there is an announcement, when there is the start of a season, that energy is pretty natural. Uh, but how important is it going to be for people to stay locked in and committed as we get late into the season? And then even particularly as we transition to next year, after the construction started and our fan footprint is going to significantly shrink in terms of uh, the phases uh, of this construction process. And so can you talk about just the need, not just for uh, the real work to take place at the start of this season, but the resiliency and the longevity that it's going to take throughout this uh, building process of, of the stadium renovation project. Yeah, no, no great point, Wayne. It, it, it can't be blips on the radar. It can't be just particular moments. It has to be sustained. It has to be sustained by, you know, those of us who have the privilege to serve in these roles, me and both of you and so many others that are, that are doing the work we're doing has to be sustained by us. We have to be more focused and more committed and work harder than we ever have before. It has to be sustained by the, the student athletes, Lance, the coaching staff, Coach Self, men's basketball, every every program in our department. And then, of course, what, what we're saying here now is it has to also be sustained by our fan base. It has to be demonstrated this Friday with Missouri State. I mean, it, it, we're not waiting on some other game or opponent or moment Right. We're not waiting on Illinois. We're not waiting on K-State. We're talking about Friday, Missouri State, full house, David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium, and then sustaining that momentum through the fall. And that's the new realization. These aren't just moments at KU where, you know, the, the top two, three, five men's basketball program are the thing maybe solely to latch on to. You won't have any trouble staying latched on to that group. As a preseason number one, I assure you that it's about then how do I broaden my reach and broaden my impact and represent the entirety of a place that I love and care for uh, that now has a chance to do something and become something it, it hasn't had a chance to do uh, historically otherwise. And so it is about sustained success and sustained energy. And that's what we're doing in football so far. we got a long way to go, but that's that's the path we're on. Well, Travis, your team of Jason Booker and Drew and Sean Lester and everybody that you put together to make August 15th a reality, everybody can go to KUGatewayDistrict.com. We'll put that uh, here on the screen because your team did an amazing job with the website. And, and you go to that website and you have, at the end of reading through it all, if you have any questions you didn't look very hard because they covered just about everything. And if you do go to it and have some questions, call Wayne, call me, call Travis, whoever. We'll answer them for you. But the KUGatewayDistrict.com website is amazing. And so I want you to talk a little bit about some of the renderings and why it was important to kind of include some Kansas elements, whether it's the limestone yeah. Or the light fixtures that kind of, you know, I think a lot of people on social media looked at those light fixtures and said, what is that? But it's really cool. If you really zoom in on it, it's going to be such a neat feature that will incorporate kind of a wheat look instead of just a big old square of lights like we've seen in 99% of the stadiums. 
your team, your creative team have decided to go with something to incorporate some Kansas highlights? We, we didn't know what that should look like or how that should be reflected. But I think what we did was assemble a team that was really mindful of our heritage, our state, our community and our institution. And so here, here, here it is, right? Both of the lead architects in John Wilkins and Gerardo Prado uh, are Jayhawks, they're KU alums. And so when you have meetings and you're talking about, hey, we've got to find a way to be more embedded in the landscape, more embedded in the hill. We've got to fi find a way to pay heed to, you know, whether it be wheat, whether it be tall grass, whether it be limestone that's in the fabric of our state, um, whether it be a little heritage and tradition. It, it wasn't a struggle for the project team to get that right because that's, that's who they are too. They all want the same thing. And I also would tell you guys that, and you know this too, both of you, we, we've learned a lot through the Allen Fieldhouse project exercise. We, you know, you're dealing with literally the cathedral of basketball. that's got the greatest history in sport. And you're saying, well, how do you modernize? How do you make the fan experience world-class without tainting history, heritage, tradition? And I think that's what we're getting right for Allen. And even though two very different facilities the same mindset has come into play with how we thought about Allen Fieldhouse and now how we're thinking about David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. And the thing I'm amazed by, guys, is you can get on social media and find anything you could ever look for. You can find radical perspectives on anything in society. But I, I, I'm, I'm a believer that 99.6% of the feedback we've seen and heard has been incredibly positive about the design and about the plans for the project. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, the Allen Fieldhouse renovations because that is actually woven in this gateway project and, and uh, that construction's obviously uh, been underway in, in multiple phases as well. And I think at face value within the Fieldhouse project and at David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium, you'll see the footprint uh, really change when it comes around premium areas and suites. But tell us a little bit more about the thought process that went into making sure that all fans – uh, not just the high-end donors, not just corporate partners, but all fans are going to benefit from the enhancements uh, in these two important venues uh, for the university. Yeah, no doubt. And again, that, that goes way back on the Allen Fieldhouse planning and discussion, right? Um, Allen Fieldhouse has to be a first-class experience from your approach, from the moment you're starting to approach wherever it is you might park the second you get out of your car and enter whatever entry point you, you enter into from your concourse experience to the, the restroom breaks, the concessions breaks, the retail aspects. Because what have we done really well in Allen? Well, we've, we've done 16,000 plus of your closest friends sitting in an intimate environment, rapidly cheering on one of the best products in all of sport, professional, college, whatever it might be. And Allen has been perfect for that, but the other aspects of it haven't been. And so in really zeroing in on that experience, we said certainly our donors, our, our highest level donors deserve the very best and premium hospitality spaces. But how about that first time ticket buyer, even single game ticket buyer, certainly entry level season ticket buyer, who's going to be sitting up there a little bit more in the corners, a little bit more removed. They deserve first-class concourse, restrooms, concessions, retail, 
entry points, and all those great things. Technology in the arena without tainting again, heritage. And, and so taking that mindset, applying it to 40 plus thousand at the stadium has been the same story, right? We're going to have the very best premium amenities, I think, in the country with suites, club, loge, et cetera. But the the quote unquote worst seat in David Booth Memorial, David Booth Cancer Memorial Stadium, I think will be as good a college football experience as any place in the country. And and then how do you do it in a way that, you know, comes at price points that can make sure we're open ourselves up to all the different types of individuals we want to have supporting that program. So that's at the, the forefront as well as we plan this, those kinds of details. Well, whenever you do a project of this magnitude, whether it be on Fieldhouse Renovations or Dave Booth Memorial Stadium, the Gateway Project fundraising is at the forefront. So I want you to talk a little bit about the momentum that we have with what has already been raised, what's about to be raised, and what the overall goal is. We, we kind of know the numbers. You know them better than anybody, but talk about our donor base, what's already been raised. We're at a $125 million range already, and, and, and the state's involvement and everything that's going to go into this massive project. Yeah, we, we basically said, what, what do we know today from a fundraising priority perspective? Um, we're going to expand and, and go through some further exercises as it ties into the university campaign planning that's underway. But what we had to lock in on before last week was what are our, our capital project goals for Allen and David Booth Cancer Memorial Stadium? And, and what's the, the maybe the progression or the sequence of progress that we have to hit to be able to go forward with a project? You got to have real cash, right? It, it doesn't just happen because you say it and you want it. You got, you got to start paying bills. We're paying big bills right now on on uh, whether it be a steel order that's that's literally already been submitted that's going to provide us some of that early infrastructure to get things coming out of the ground in the first part of 24, et cetera. So we've said, okay, the, th the $300 million goal encompasses both the Allen project, which is roughly a $50 million project, as well as the David Booth Cancer Memorial Stadium fundraising goal. That's not a total budget. That's just a fundraising goal because we have other levers. We have the awesome opportunity through the state with the matching grant uh, that that's you know that would secure fifty million dollars in economic impact, right? That's going to help construct conference center, the other multi-use space that's three hundred plus days a year. Um, we have thirty-five million in basic infrastructure, you know, getting the site prep and site planning. That's a great resource, and then athletics likely will take on some debt and we'll go and, and borrow and we'll fund that debt service through revenues that this project creates. So your, your, your budget is expanding significantly in order to make sure we can do this thing in precisely the right manner. We've got 165 million in commitments toward the 300, you know, over the 50% mark, which is a pretty important threshold, but there's obviously significant work to do. And I, I'm excited about the active conversations. I'm excited about the reaction just since last Tuesday but this isn't a time to sit back and celebrate and say, hey, we're on our way. I'm sure it's just going to play itself out. It's a time to step into it even more aggressively. And I think our people are going to feel that. I, I think they're going to receive us well as we continue those conversations. And I, I don't have any question they're going to step up, but we need them to step up. And we probably need them to stretch their comfort zone in the same way KU is stretching its comfort zone. Well, the one thing I know about you and 
Wayne and me is we're not afraid to ask. And we're going to have to do a lot of that over the next couple of years to get to those goals. And, you know, another thing to, to discuss since the last time you were on uh, was conference realignment and how important this project was. It, it's important to us because it was needed. But in the broader scheme of things, if, if we truly are going to be that elite school in the Big 12, football had to take that next step both on the field and within their facilities. So talk a little about how that kind of manufactured itself that we needed to do and then talk about the additions and then subtractions to our conference, which now I think firmly cements us in the, in the I, I don't know if I'd I'm, – I'm a homer. I think we're the best conference in the country, but reality-wise, we're probably in the middle of those power fives, uh, itching to be maybe that second one behind the SEC. But I, I, with the with the leadership of our new commissioner, uh, it's been such a great last six months for this conference. It's been huge. I mean, I got here 27, 28 months ago that first summer – it was the OU and Texas departure. And the Big 12 was hanging on by a thread. That's just the reality of it. Um, and, and Commissioner Bullsby at the time, who was leading the league, stepped up and was about action and about creating as much stability as possible. And that's where those four additions at that juncture were so, so important. And frankly, we wouldn't want any – I mean, we love the four that are starting this fall with us in BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and Central Florida. I mean, just first class – and those four, by the way, are ready to step into the Big 12. I mean, they're 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 going to be incredible additions early and then you know throughout their time. Um, a year ago, it was USC and UCLA going to the Big 10. That that you know the ground started moving again. There was a lot of talk about where could the could the Big 12 survive another major round of realignment. Got through that again in large part due to Commissioner Yormark's leadership. And then here we were having built equity and built our brand over really this past year. And then of course, secured a new media deal at the perfect time. And we were able to, I guess, call it, take advantage, frankly, of a challenging situation. And there were four PAC 12 members who were eager to join our league and feel great about it. Um, last week, literally the, uh, uh, two weeks ago, I guess it's been now the day after we announced the project. I got on a plane, went to Dallas, and we had Big 12 meetings. And our four newest members from the Pac-12, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, their ADs were there. And the excitement in that, in that room uh, was palpable. And the belief that the Big 12 um, has really solidified itself as a top conference and has incredible stability and incredible potential is very real. And that's, that's the alignment and the excitement and the energy that's going on in the league. The other thing, just to kind of tie it back here locally is this project was, is when I, when I walked in there and started saying my greetings to all the other ADs, it was the talk. They're talking about, wow, KU is going big in this facility and going big in the sport of football. And not a single one of them feels like KU is anything but a force to be reckoned with in every program and certainly as it relates to the trajectory of football. I mean, I love everything about that. It just gets the, uh, the competitor in me going because as you think <laughs> about the, the, the former makeup of the Big 12, you could look at uh, an institution like Texas or OU uh, and think about 
uh, how successful they'd been, how much money they had raised. You could think about the size of their enrollment, of their uh, alumni base, and, and it was pretty significant, you know, at the top, the top of the conference uh, significantly, and in, in a lot of ways by a long shot. And so now that you have those two programs transitioning out, the top spot in the conference uh, really seems to be wide open. And again, we're not just talking about in one sport or this or that, but we're talking about the totality of it. And it really seems like Kansas is positioned to be that in the Big 12. Again, not just in one specific program, but in the totality of competition, in the totality of brand recognition, in the totality of, hey, what our med school is doing and what our research is doing. We know those things are important to the chancellor and, of course, our community as a whole. And so the competitor in me is like, yes, let's go for it. Let's be number one in everything. No, no doubt. I mean, our aspirations are to be the best and, and win championships and represent our place at a level that competes with anything in the country, obviously, including Big Ten and SEC programs, we we wouldn't concede to anyone out there. So why wouldn't we aspire to be a or the leader in the Big 12 in, in every regard? And I think there's there's no question the opportunity presents itself. It's an incredible league. I mean, highly competitive in every sport. So it's a it's a certainly an ambitious mark, but. Again, why why settle at KU in any capacity? We're just not going to do that. So as we wrap it up, let's kind of go through a, a fairly specific timeline. So a couple days we start off with Missouri State. We got to pack the booth. We know that the energy last year in the fall for those we started out five and zero was so much so much fun. There's no better environment in the country. So understand that we need to support our guys. And if we can get 50,000 in there on a Friday night, you still have your Labor Day weekend, show up two days from now in the booth. And then we have back-to-back -back games on Friday night, Illinois, the following weekend, which obviously will be a massive test, Illinois at the uh, on the upper tier of the Big Ten, and we can really measure ourselves early. But as we get past those games, we move into the season. Talk about the construction timeline of what it'll be like after the season, what it'll be like next year, and then what it'll be like in September of 25. Yeah, that's that's right, Greg. First things first is two days we got to have a full house over there. We got to send a signal to the country and send a signal to our young men and, and and frankly our entire place that this is this is a new version of KU and, and Kansas athletics and Kansas football. So let's let's start there. Low hanging fruit, incredible opportunity. Let's make sure next Friday with Illinois is the best home field environment in week two of college football. It should be the toughest place to win in college football next Friday in Lawrence, Kansas, against a really darn good Illinois team and a great program under Brett Billima. And then we get into the season, to your point. One of the things that we shouldn't gloss over, which is when, when people first enter Allen Fieldhouse, later in the fall, they're going to get to see a really good taste of what's coming. Some of the things that we're doing in phase one of this first offseason will be complete. Most of that showing up on the east side main entry as you go into Booth Family Hall of Athletics, incredible new uh, uh, retail space there. You know, the premium environment from that east is going to be profound. We've got some, you know, some interior of the seating bowl um, enhancements that will have occurred. So people will feel 
that first phase, I'd call it maybe 30%, 35% of the total project will be completed going into this fall. And then, of course, next offseason um, we'll finish out Allen. It'll be just remarkable. Absolutely couldn't be more excited. But back over to the Hill and the Gateway District, as we finish the season out, Turner Construction is going to be setting up so that the moment we're done with our home uh, regular season and the team be, will be preparing for a bowl game, that group's going to be there starting the activity for demolition of the West, the entirety of the West, the entirety of the North. And then as we get into the new year, we'll have real construction of the the expanse of Anderson family football complex. So complete renovation overhaul, all of the existing square footage an expansion of around 25,000 square foot uh, square feet of Anderson that moves into the Northeast and connects into a new West side, a new West side starts to come out of the ground in 2024, a new North starts coming out of the ground. The conference center is being worked on. We play through this, what, what will be an, an incredible opportunity and challenge next fall. We'll play through the construction. We'll have reduced capacity. I really think only season ticket holders for this season are going to be in there every game next year. I just think it's going to be that kind of demand situation. And our season ticket growth is really on a good uptick. So you better buy now if you want to be there in 24 when we're going to be, I think, an awfully good football program. That also sets people up for the 25 new stadium. So play through 24. And then when we get into the 2025, August, September timeframe, Anderson's completed. I think it'll be the best football operations and development facility in the country. The new West side, which will have the best premium spaces and general fan experience. I think you can offer a new North that also has premium at the field level. And then, then it integrates into the conference center attached to the North. That's the, what I'd consider that 70% new build by the time we play football in 25, we got the existing East that we got to build momentum in fundraising and in success and support and season tickets so that we can soon thereafter attack that East side. And then the final piece is this fall, we get RFPs back from the developer community that who will, who will have ideas and concepts and proposals for that East development, whether that be retail, hotel, residence hall, entertainment. So we're going to be looking at how to weave in an East side grandstand with some of the development opportunities over there as well. So a ton of work to do, but you know, we could not be in a better position at this point. I agree. I mean, I've been around a long time and, and this, there's a, a, all the coaches, like we said, in the Jayhawk appreciation center talked about how, Great it is just to walk down the hallway and the and the camaraderie, the chemistry with everybody. And that's not just with your staff. That's with our donor base, our fan base. Everyone's on the same page. And not to say we haven't been in the past, but there's a different energy right now because people are excited about football. They're excited about everything. And, and so uh, it's a great time to be a Jayhawk. It's a great time uh, for you to be in charge and, and you're doing a – a hell of a job. We love it. It's 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 not work for us. It's fun to come to work, and it, this yeah. is why Wayne and I do it. It's just this is this is fun, and not many people can say that about their job. Yeah. Well, let me let me add to that, Greg. Um, 
you two have long represented this place in, in such a first-class way, having worn the jersey, competed at the highest levels, been such passionate Jayhawks, different you know, different career moments for you both, but now being back in these roles, you know, you guys have helped us through some of the tough times, right? People have turned to, to Wayne Simeon and Greg Gurley and said, hey, how do I stand by it? And how do I continue to show up? And you guys have fought and you've, you've not just said the right thing, you've believed in our future. And now the impact you two are having is so incredibly real and profound. And it gives us such credibility with people out there to know that, hey, two of the greats that love this place as much as, much as anyone fully believe in our vision and in our future. So I, I'm, I'm so grateful to have you two by my side doing the most important work I think KU's ever had in its history. He was very careful in the way that he compared us, which is accurate. <laughs> Entirely different careers. We've got a retired jersey in the most iconic <laughs> building in the world and like the eighth guy. So I was I, I, you handled that so yeah, nicely. He wasn't talking about basketball. Okay, he was talking good. about, was talking our about times not working. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a way better. I'm a yeah. it's probably the opposite. I'm a way better fundraiser than Wayne. <laughs> he was a way better player. I get that. But uh it's it is nice though to have uh, Wayne and I have a, a great time like competing in fundraising because it's like if I come in and tell him I got a guy at X amount of dollars. He'll go out and try to find somebody for a hundred dollars more, a hundred thousand dollars more, or whatever. And and it, it's fun to have that kind of back and forth with you, with Wayne, with our whole staff. So again, great time to to be out there and be competitive. Since we don't have that a- athletic ability, or at least I don't. Now I can kind of channel that into something else, which is our alma mater and the place that we love. Yeah, still got a role to play, still got lots of love and energy to devote to this place. So, well, well let's yeah. get started. Big uh, big game, couple days from now, Missouri State. Like I said, I know people have plans. It's Labor Day, I get it. But that's why we do the game on Friday night. You still got your Saturday, Sunday, Monday to go be with your family, show up at the booth. We talked about buy-in by our fans, whether that be financial or just – and, or just buying a ticket and coming to the game, bring the whole crew and, and, and enjoy a great atmosphere, and that'll get you to to enjoy it next, this Friday night and then the next Friday when it's against Illinois. So we got to support our guys. They're out there in this crazy heat practicing. Granted, we have the indoor facility now. It's awful right now, and Lance Leipold is not taking the day off. They're still going. They deserve our support your support, show up on Friday, the next two Fridays, and let's prove that we're taking this to the next level. Yeah, yeah, well said. It's And so does volleyball and soccer and cross country. I mean, I just couldn't be more proud of our student athletes, of our coaches, of the, I mean, literally there's momentum in every, in every program right now. And uh, I just think the cumulative effect is, is remarkable. Then you tack on the energy on campus, uh, potentially record-breaking enrollment, right? It feels like record-breaking enrollment to me, just moving around campus, record-shattering, to be honest. Um, the alumni engagement pieces, I think, at its highest level, our partnerships, endowment, alumni association, they're not just good and healthy, they're they are real, they're substantive, and, and those kinds of things are making, uh, uh, you know, literally the previously unattainable is occurring 
right here in front of us. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it, and this will be the last point in the fact that this is an unprecedented freshman class. We had a big football event last Friday, a couple Fridays ago, at the indoor facility. Then I walked down to the stadium, and they were having traditions night where all the freshmen go and our coaches and our alumni. So everybody leads them in you know, how to learn about their tradition in Kansas in their first day on campus or first week on campus. It's not official yet, but it's probably going to be our largest freshman class ever, which in our world right now, in our country, higher education, every school is on the decline. We're on a massive uptick, and that has a lot to do with athletic success. That has a lot to do with our donors providing dollars to attract uh, out-of-state students. We're going to be at roughly the highest we've been in a long, long time with out-of-state students. People want to come here and look no further than our leader, and that's Doug Gerard, who's done an amazing job. And, oh, by the way, gets athletics, understands that this Gateway Project is the the entrance to our university. You know, we have graduation there. We have Saturday football games. I mean, it's, it is the focal point and the entrance to our university. He's the best. He's the best in the, in the industry, and he's, he's the perfect leader for, for KU. Well, to our leader, Travis, thanks for your time. Thanks for all the info, Gateway Project. Check us out. Go to that website. We know you're going to get all of your questions answered, and then you're going to call Wayne and I, and we're going to have a competition who gets more phone calls. I'll put my number up there. I won't put Wayne's up there so I can beat him. <laughs> How about that? But this people is gonna, people are going to stop taking your phone calls if you show all your cards. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> uh, but this has been a, a really fun edition of the Jayhawker podcast. A lot of momentum. Jayhawker podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, the downtown President Hotel. Call Phillips Trinod. Stay and play. If you're going to a concert, you're going to our game against Wichita State in late December. Stay at the President Hotel Big 12 Tournament. They do an unbelievable job, and they're a great sponsor of this program. So I am Greg Gurley. This is Wayne Simeon. Thanks to Travis Goff, Jayhawker podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, Rock Chalk.